welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonia. We're back this week finishing the final book of the Ink Heart trilogy, Ink Death. Thank God. And not to preview, but I'm very glad to start something new next week. Mostly, I want to start something new because I want shorter readings. These have been going on for so long. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, like, we're planning ahead for the series that we're going to read after the Skinjacker trilogy. And I believe in that series we're going to read a book per week because the books are so short. And they're still going to be shorter than the Inkheart readings. But that's me jumping way, way ahead. Let's get back to where we are right now. I'm just, I'm just glad that we're moving on to shorter readings. Yep. We're a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network, and we read and reread YA books from our adolescents. These books, actually, neither of us had read the Inkheart trilogy beforehand, and not to project, but I have a feeling neither of us is ever going to read them again. Yeah, that's 100% for sure not going to be happening again. Sorry to all the people who recommended this to us. But let's go ahead and dive into the summary. So our characters are all just trying to outsmart each other and take advantage of each other. And apparently Violante is in love with the Blue Jay, a.k.a. Mo, who is sacrificing himself for the cause, and apparently so is Reza. And then out of nowhere, at the end... Jacopo steals the Adderhead's magic book so that Mo can write the three words to kill him. And then the Adderhead dies and they all stay in the ink world and live happily ever after, I guess. So that's pretty much it. And for my impression, I'm just being 100% honest. I was just ready for the story to be over. I was really just going through the motions during the reading I was just waiting for the end to come, and when it did, I was just happy that we were done with the book. (laughs) Yeah, my impression was that it was an anticlimactic ending, and I just, yeah, I was ready to be done. I I don't think I actively dislike it as much as Aisha does, but I definitely didn't actively like it, so I wasn't, (laughs) I was very ready for it to be over. I dislike it so much that it's not like I wouldn't recommend it to other people. Like, I would tell people how terrible of a series it is, and I would tell them to tell other people to never read the series because it's so terrible. (laughs) That's how much I hate it. (laughs) It's like the opposite of recommending a book. It's like I'm recommending you not to read it, and you should tell everyone you know to also make that recommendation to never read this. It wasn't worth it. Sorry, I think that's just so funny. Okay, so into the plot, we start with Orpheus allying himself with the Adderhead because he thinks the Adderhead is going to win this war and that basically Orpheus thinks he'll be able to rule the ink world through the Adderhead, which, you know, his plot twist isn't going to end up working out for him. But Mortola, you know, she's still around, I guess, from the very first book, and she shapeshifts into an actual magpie and is, like, flying around, like, trying to get things done, I guess. 
Yeah, and she was super annoying as like this actual magpie. She's talking all the time as this bird. And I was very glad when Orpheus killed her. You know, the only time I was happy when Orpheus did anything. I mean, so I didn't realize she had the power to actually shapeshift. But apparently, like, you could just eat some magic seeds and transform yourself. And then she gets shot, you know, Orpheus shoots her as a bird. And I was like, did she actually die? Because we've had a bunch of characters die and then come back to life a couple different times. And we don't know if, like, maybe... I think the only characters who's really died and come back to life is Dustfinger. But I do understand your confusion since most of the magic is completely unexplained in this story. (laughs) Also, Basta. Basta gets burned alive. And then all of a sudden, he's fine. He just, like, survived the fire. He didn't die. He just got burnt. You can survive burnt, burnt scars and stuff. I guess. But yeah, Dustfinger's the only one who really did die and come back to life. But again, lots of unexplained things in the story. So understandable confusion. Well, anyway, she dies as a bird. Also, before she even dies, though, she was acting all suspicious. And somehow only Risa suspects her. Like, she's this bird is flying around. That's because Reza is the only intelligent character in this entire story. But, like, truly, she is... She's the only one paying attention. She's the only one paying attention. I'm like, your anti... Your villain, Martola, is the nickname The Magpie. And then a magpie keeps flying into the rooms that you guys are in. And you guys are like, you know what? Completely unsuspicious. (laughs) (laughs) No one noticed. And I was like, guys, are we all stupid? Like... This You're literally identifying the bird breed, and it happens to be the breed of your villain's name. Yeah, very stupid and annoying. Speaking of annoying, Eleanor was getting extremely annoying during this reading because she's constantly yelling at Fenolio to, like, write them a good ending, but she's not, like, actually giving any real suggestions. She's just raising her voice at him for no reason. Really? I mean, she was annoying, but I thought that she was right. She was trying to find a solution for them. But, like, did at any point during the story, first of all, did you ever think that Fenolio was actually going to write, like, them a happy ending? Because that was just completely unbelievable to me. Fair enough. I think that's valid. So I already, like, to me, like, Fenolio, like, saving them all in the end by, like, writing something, like, big enough and important enough to change everything, just to me was, like, that's not going to work. So he can, like, do things to help, but, like... Her saying, like, you need to write a happy ending for everyone. I was like, that just does not seem plausible to me. But more so, I was focused on her being annoying than sensible because she would constantly interrupt Fenolio when he was actually writing things to help them. Like, she would come in and start yelling at him when he was literally in the act of writing and come up coming up with ideas, which that's where I was like, she's just being completely counterproductive to what she wants him to do, which is why I was like, why? Yeah, I guess I, I think that that is actually a valid point. I just, yeah, I just, I find Fenolio so annoying. So I think that anything, I w- I'm always going to side well, on the let's not get it wrong. All the characters are annoying, <laughs> so they're just on different levels of annoying You can just be more annoyed stupidity. at one of them at one time and less annoyed at another. Yeah. Okay. Here's something that was stupid annoying about Fenolio. So he's convinced that Violante has fallen in love with Mo because he's the Blue Jay. And all the characters keep saying, princesses love a robber. Like, they love the romance of a robber. 
And everyone keeps agreeing. They're like, you know what? Princesses really love robbers. And the whole thing was so stupid because it doesn't end up mattering because Mo is not interested at all. And she, like, asks him to marry her twice. And he's like, no. And then she asks him again. And he's like, no. And that's the end of it. So that whole plot line was pointless. I mean, a lot of the plot line was pointless. So... (laughs) I was... Yes, it was pointless. Also, I mean... Isn't Violante, like, only a few years older than Maggie? So it was honestly, like, disgusting to read. They're like, oh, Mo, like, this old man. I mean, I know he's supposed to be, like, a dad age, but, like, gross. Violante's basically a child because she probably, like, had her son when she was, like, 12 years old. So I just, yeah, that was, but, yeah, pointless. I'll agree that it was pointless, but that's really all I have to say on that. See, I kept reading Violante as like fifty, but no, she's. I, I was wrong. She I definitely feel like is she's a kid. maybe like seventeen, just, eighteen. So like, she could be like you know of consenting age, but like still totally wrong for like a forty-five-year-old man to be with her. Also, a forty-five-year-old man who is married. Well, yeah, which that's why I mean, I wasn't even thinking of it in like, oh, like I know Mo as much as he like treats Reza like trash. He still (laughs) ultimately loves her and would never, you know, give her up for Violante because he also like how he describes like caring for Violante. It's it's like how he cares for Maggie. Like she's she could be another daughter to him. Like it's never in like a gross way. So I will, you know, give Mo that, you know, he's not a pedophile. He may be incompetent and an idiot, but he is not a pedophile. So I guess I'll give him that. Wow. <laughs> Thank goodness. So back to uh, Fenolio. It is, though, an interesting idea that Fenolio brings up that he actually wrote a different story about Doria, which... Doria is kind of like this random character that just gets thrown into the mix um, as basically a new love interest for Meggie because she's just over for Reed all of a sudden. And he basically just like appears out of nowhere. He's the brother of like one of the robbers. And Fenolio like pulls Meggie aside and is like telling her about how, you know, he wrote this book that was never published about this character Doria. And so it's kind of bringing this idea that maybe... Doria somehow fell into the ink world and could possibly marry Meggie because that was what was in the story finale that like he married a woman from like far far away of course he didn't name this female character because you know females are irrelevant in literature and <laughs> so So this whole story thing that Fenelio is kind of setting up is, you know, kind of a convenient way to like make it seem like maybe everything that has happened like was supposed to happen, which I don't know. I was just kind of scoffing at because I was like, this is just so stupid. Like, I don't know why are you reading this story? It makes no sense. But, you know, at least she was trying to like incorporate like, you know, maybe this is like was all meant to be, I guess. Seemed kind of convenient, you know, to throw that in in, like, one conversation and the last book, but... Yeah, I didn't really care about it, and honestly, I couldn't have told you who Doria was. I knew he was a character. Also, I thought he was a woman for, like, half (laughs) of the book. (laughs) Because in Game of Thrones, one of Daenerys' handmaidens is Doria, spelled differently, but I was like, well, the only time I ever heard Doria use as a name was for a woman. And then... Also, like, the reason I really didn't resonate with this 
is because, again, it gives that implication that Fenolio is a good person at heart. Like, because <laughs> if you remember last Fenolio. time. What? I said, you're like, I hate Fenolio. He's a terrible person. <laughs> well, if you remember last book when, like, Mo gets shot and Fenolio's like, well, maybe my magic only worked because I wrote Fenolio as the Blue Jay. I was like, that doesn't excuse you writing him as the Blue Jay and making him target number one. Like, and, you know, any any implication that Fenolio's actions are not just selfish at, in, in, like, their deepest core is annoying to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know that last book I was mad at him for writing more. Now I'm mad at him for not writing enough. But, you know, I'm allowed to change my mind because he sucks and he should just be better and he should read my mind and he should write them out of the story because it's all his fault anyway. But how is he, you know, supposed to write anything else with Reza, you know, deciding on a whim that she's going to turn into a bird and Eleanor is, again, just constantly yelling at him. Again, for me, the idea of Fenolio writing a good ending was just, like, never possible. Like, I think that's valid. So maybe that's why it didn't bother me as much. Well, I still don't like him. He's still my least favorite character. I don't know how you can't hate Mo as much as I do, but, you know, to each their own. So let's keep moving through the plot. We have, we're introduced to this monster that's called a nightmare, which is basically this evil being that Orpheus, like, is able to gain control of. And he, like, wears it almost, like, as his shadow. And he ends up putting it on Dustfinger, which it appears to kill him because Dustfinger, like, which, I mean, it was already sketchy because, like, how they describe it is, like, the nightmare, like, feasts on your soul and, like, tears you apart. But for Dustfinger, when the, like, nightmare approached him, Dustfinger's whole body just, like, went limp and was, like, dead all of a sudden. So it was definitely sketchy. So, like, in that moment, I was, like, well, first of all, I was, like, did, you know, Cornelia Funk really just killed Dustfinger again, one of the only good characters in the story. Or I was like, did the white women possibly protect him because obviously they like Dustfinger? Like, it was kind of just one of those, like, what just happened? I have no idea. At this point, I was very confused. I was also angry that he died again. I was like, oh, the least awful character, dead for the 15th time. Okay. I mean, I was assuming that he wasn't dead because it, like, didn't really make sense. But I didn't want to get my hopes up too high because, you know, I don't need any more disappointment than this story, you know, already naturally gives us. So. (laughs) Wow. Well, I really feel like we're going to have to read another Cornelia Funka book down the line. One that I've read before that I know is good. Because I feel like we have to redeem her. I don't know. I'm going to be biased for all time because of this. but. Anyway, we're just kidding because apparently Dustfinger is not dead. He basically was able to, like, leave his body. Like, his soul was able to, like, escape from his body because, again, unexplained magic. Like, he's just able to do that. But, you know, good for him. Unexplained magic. Yeah. And. That would be on our merch as well if we had a shirt for throwback paperback. I feel like unexplained magic would be one of our (laughs) Unexplained magic. Like, here we go. Um, but so Dustfinger then goes with Reza, who's a bird. They, like, team up because they're going to save Mo. They're the only people at this, like, other castle because there's, like, three different castles going on. But we're, like, in the castle, like, that's over this tiny bridge. Yet there's, like, another way in. But they, we didn't know about that. But anyway, so they're, like, they're going to go save Mo. But for me at this point, because, you know, these are the two best characters, Reza and Dustfinger, which at this point I was, like, 
maybe you should just like run away off into the sunset and like forget everybody else because you're the only redeemable characters right now. But you know, they're too good, so they're like, we have to save Mo. But for me, I was just worried that, you know, Reza is doing the same thing that Martola was doing, which she's like putting the seeds under her tongue, like and able to turn into a bird. And like, I guess part of this magic is the more you do it, like the bird like becomes you and like you could be a bird forever. So I'm just worried that like she's going to end up doing this so many times that she's not going to be able to change back into her human body. And she's going to be a bird forever all like while she's trying to save her terrible husband who isn't good enough for her. So that's what I was worried about in this moment. Well, she'd already proven that she didn't care very much about her freaking unborn child because she should have left the medieval hellscape to, you know, but whatever. She didn't do that. Also, I just want to point out, at this point, there's, like, fighting inside that castle that you mentioned. I also think there was fighting outside of the castle and, like, all over the place. I wrote down my notes. There's so much chaos. I can't be bothered to take notes. (laughs) (laughs) And I do stand by that. Like, there was just too much going on. Like, I couldn't keep track of all the characters, where they were. Like, I think there were giants in this reading, but I honestly couldn't pay attention enough to know if there were giants. And it's because it couldn't hold my interest. Like, I was like, okay, I guess there are giants now. Fine. Okay, I guess we're birds. Okay, fine. Like, it, again, because it, didn't, it wasn't explained, it wasn't justified, I was just kind of like, okay... If someone dies, they'll tell me because it'll come up in the next chapter. Well, that's truly how I experienced this reading. Well, I think maybe the difference between you and I is that I feel like since you are feeling like the story's not holding your interest or you're still having that like indifferent feeling towards it, it is harder to follow. Whereas like I'm fully invested because I hate every single character of the book. (laughs) So I'm just like waiting for somebody to like burn and die because I hate everyone. So I didn't find it hard to follow but it was just, like, there was a lot going on. I mean, also, every time we went to, like, Maggie, Finolio, Eleanor, I was like, let's get away from them because I really hate them. Like, at least, you know, we've got Reza and Dustfinger on, like, the Mo side to, like, balance it out. But, like, with the Maggie, I'm like, I don't even want to see Maggie's name or I'm going to throw the book. Like, I hate her. I, I I don't know. I think I hate Maggie more now. But I don't know. We'll make final conclusions at the end, which we're almost there because... <laughs> So, the end of the book, or the end, you know, what's going to happen, you know, are they going to kill Mo, whatever. Basically, what ends up happening is Jacopo, which is Violante's brat son, who has just kind of been in the background the whole story, just basically being the worst child on earth, super entitled little brat, basically. But he turns out to be an unexpected hero because he comes in to save the day at the last minute because basically all of a sudden he's like changing his mind towards the Adderhead, who is his grandfather about, I mean, honestly, like his grandfather is like terrifying. He's got like a bloated body and it's like stinky. So, I mean, as a kid, I think you would hate him too. Might take you a second to get to that point. And he ends up stealing the Adderhead's book, which is the, like, white book that made him immortal, that Mo made him. So he takes the book and he gives it to Mo so that Mo can write the three words that'll kill the Adderhead. And for me, this did make sense to me because at this point, 
of the like reading and for me like the whole second half as I was reading it I just didn't understand like how there could be a quote-unquote happy ending like where most of the characters would like come out alive without like somebody else like jumping in like so I wasn't really surprised by this I didn't know it was going to be him Jacopo to do it but like I wasn't surprised by that ending I mean okay that makes sense I to me I felt like it was an anti-climax because I thought he was a random character but I guess he wasn't that random of a character Maybe if it had been someone like Doria, I'm like, I truly have no idea who you are. <laughs> but it did feel like it was so easy. Like, Jacopo literally is like, I'm a prince. Let me go visit my ugly grandfather. And the guards are like, okay. And then he, like, takes the book, and his grandfather doesn't notice. And he just waltzes over to Mo, and he's like, sign this book, bookbinder. <laughs> and then the Adderhead dies. Yeah, I think for me, just like, I mean, also from when they, from when Orpheus and the Adderhead arrive at the castle, they lock up Violante, they lock up Jacopo. I feel like the time we get where Violante, Jacopo, and Brianna are like trapped together, I feel like that was really developing his character and saying like, he just loves his mother, but his mother doesn't love him. And like, all he wants basically is love. And I feel like he gets to the point where, like, the Adderhead is, like, absolutely the opposite of that. And, like, he wants to be, like, the good guys. Like, he wants to be, like, the Blue Jay. I feel like, so, to me, it was set up in a way, I'll give her that. It was set up in a way, to me at least, that it made sense. I will say that, and that's why, to me, like, it wasn't that unexpected. But it was, to me, kind of like, yeah, the fact of Moe's gotten in this huge predicament And the only way for him to be saved is, like, yeah, an outside character had to, like, come in and change everything. So, I guess it wasn't surprising, but, like, I don't think that it was a great ending. I don't think that's necessarily... I think that you're right, though, that, like, we definitely got foreshadowing that he's, like, he definitely wants the change and he wants to, like, just be a good person. Or he wants to be associated with the good people. I just, it was too easy for me. Like, it was just too oh, easy. Oh, yeah, I'll totally agree. Also, because for me, you know, I hate Mo, and yet again, Mo faces no consequences for any of his actions. He was saved by a little <laughs> boy, even though, like, he should have died. Like, Mo should have died for all the terrible things he did to his family, abandoning them, all for some stupid book. And no, the only reason he came out of there alive is because Jacopo basically came in there and saved his butt at the last minute. Like, that is totally, yeah, no, that's why I said no. I wouldn't say that's a well-done ending, especially for Mo, who, like, he should have faced some consequences. (laughs) Like, what's the moral of the story? There's no moral. Like, you know, just do whatever you want and somebody will just save you. The moral is read books and have a really pretty voice. Well... So that kind of actually ends it in that the Adderhead dies. Apparently, Mo was just so strong in his commitment to being Mo and not being the Blue Jay that he's able to avoid the words that were written down. Hashtag unexplained like, magic. What are the rules of this magic? <laughs> Hashtag unexplained magic. It's right there. Well, after that, I was right that Reza will always just randomly turn into a bird, apparently. And of course, Of course, Reza is the only one who has a price to pay, only one who's getting any consequences when she literally never did anything wrong. So yet another reason to be angry at the end of the book. And all she did, I guess you could like fault her with, is that you should know, well, 
all I can fault her with is that, you know, possibly that she told Maggie about the ink world because, you know, but she only did that because Mo is the one who trapped her there for a decade of her life. So, of course, she told Maggie about the place she lived for the past 10 years. So, yeah, Reza is, to me, the one and only victim of this story and Dustfinger, too, because, honestly, Dustfinger and Reza are, like, the opposites. Reza got trapped in the story, and Dustfinger got trapped in the real world. And whose fault was it? Mo. It's true. Mo, who faced no consequences. He became the hero of the story, and he didn't even do anything to deserve that title. Finolio wrote it up, and he just played the role, and he just was given all this fame or whatever, and then... Jacopo saved him so that, like, he could live another day. Yeah. Justice for Reza. Hashtag Justice for Reza. Even though her name is Risa. <laughs> and then they just stay there. They just live indefinitely in the, ink wor- in the ink world. I was shook. I did not expect that at all. I was like, they're obviously going to go back to the real world where they belong because clearly no good has come from people switching worlds. And they were like, no, we're going to live here. Well, I would say I wasn't completely surprised because, again, I was just expecting more and more disappointment and more anger with the ending. But at least we find out that Reza did not die from childbirth. But now her and her son are half bird, half human. And, well, first of all, so, like, could they even go back to the real world? Because would they still turn into birds in the real world? Because that would be a whole nother issue. And the son, who they don't even say what his name is, is very curious about, you know, the real world that they talk about that they came from. And he wants to see it, even though no one else wants to go back. So that obviously sets up further conflict because, yeah, maybe while he's a little kid, he'll like brush it off. But like once he is older and like becomes an adult, he's gonna want to go back to where, you know, he originates and where his parents grew up and where his older sister grew up, like that is going to pose some sort of conflict. But ultimately at the end, like we're saying, how can they not want to go back to the real world? Like, don't they miss like running water and, you know, toilets and air conditioning, like all the things that like we just take for granted? Like, what are they doing? Pooping in holes? Like they could die from like a bee sting If you've watched Bridgerton, you know what I'm talking about. But just like, oh my God, like, I just don't understand. Like, I guess they got their happy ending, but like, to me at the end, like, it just feels very unfinished. So like, it's not a true ending to me. It felt like an abrupt ending to me as well. Like the Adderhead dies and they're like, guess what? We bought two adjoining properties. Guess we're staying here. And I was like, how? When? When was the real estate market happening? I'm confused. How can they how can they more easily get an apartment or in medieval <laughs> what whatever this place is than you and I can get in Manhattan? I'm so confused. And they just stay there. Also, there's no magic in our world, so I think there's a very good chance that maybe if they came to our world, they wouldn't have to be bird people anymore. But it like it didn't feel like an ending to me. Yeah, I I know. Did you say, like, when we first started, is there another book, or did she write another book in the world? She wrote another book, but, like, 14 years later, so I'm sure it's with the same characters, but it could be, like, 15 years down the line. Like, this is definitely where she ended the original arc of the story. Which I would guess, because, again, it is unfinished, I wonder if the book is about, like, because what, to me, the most 
I'm most thing I'm curious about is like the child. Why Fenolia wasn't killed. No. <laughs> yeah. The son, their new son. I think that like, yeah, in 15 years or whatever, like whatever the time jump would be like, he would want to go back to the real world. And I guess the only thing for if they can go back to the real world is based off of, you know, can they read themselves out? Because based on what we've been told, obviously no one in the story has been read out. They've read themselves in, but you know, since there's so much unexplained magic, like she could have easily threw that in there. But well, they said at the end, they're just waiting for Fenolia to finish. And I'm like, well, okay. Like literally Mo says like, he says to the son, he's like, maybe one day we'll visit. We're just waiting for him to finish writing. And I'm like, but also, like, Fenolio is definitely going to die. He's going to get, like, the Black Plague, and he's going to be gone. Also, he like, should die. He's a terrible person. And then, like, how are they going to get out then? Because apparently he's the only one who can well, write. Well, remember at the end of the first book, Maggie was going to become a writer? That plot line just got thrown out the window. <laughs> that line got cut and flushed down the <laughs> toilet, never to be seen again. Because now no. she's in love with Doria, and all she's going to be is Doria's wife. That's going to be her purpose. She's the nameless wife in Fenolio's book. That was her future. That is what she wanted. Instead of That's being, you know, Finolia a, a writer, a well-known writer, she said, I'm going to be the unnamed wife that comes from a faraway land to marry <laughs> Doria. That is my story. Okay. Okay. Well... Let's talk about Maggie. Yeah, my least favorite character. Because, yeah, between Maggie and Mo, I definitely go back and forth. But I think <laughs> these final points puts Maggie just a little bit higher on the naughty list as being just absolutely <laughs> the worst. Because, I mean, first of all, like I said, when we were getting to the end, I was like, I almost forgot that Maggie is the one who read Orpheus into the story, which... Again, is yet another reason that everything is her fault. Everything is Maggie's fault. I Like, Mo becoming the Blue Jay, Maggie's fault. Them even going to the story in the first place, Maggie's fault. Maggie, us still haven't even used Fenolio as a writer because Maggie didn't succeed in her dream of being a writer. Maggie's <laughs> fault. Like, everything is Maggie. Everything stems from Maggie. Every issue, every problem. Like, Reza having to become a bird and follow Mo because... Because Mo likes Maggie better than Reza. Maggie's fault. Like, I don't... It's just... Also, side note, Reza definitely has, like, a thought during this reading where she's like, yeah, I'm just kind of an accessory to their relationship. It's all Mo and Maggie, and I'm just kind of there. Like, she literally says something like that. And I think Mo even says something like that. He's like, Maggie is the person I changed my life for. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) It, again, it's just... Yeah, but Maggie is just very, very annoying. So, like I said, at the end, like, Farid is upset because Maggie, like, breaks up with Farid because she wants to be with Doria all of a sudden. But, like I said, I think Farid dodged a bullet because Maggie is literally the worst. But my final thing that I actually, this is when I could have broke, I've been reading this on my Kindle, so I almost broke my Kindle because I was so angry. (laughs) Maggie has the audacity to be such a hypocrite because... When she finds out that Jacopo is the one that helped Mo, she judges him. She's disgusted and, like, disturbed that, oh, my gosh, how could he turn on on his grandfather so quickly and, like, kill him like that? Maggie, 
did you not want Mo to survive? Like, Jacopo literally, like, saved Mo's life. And she's sitting there thinking, like, wow, I can't believe he turned on his evil, disgusting grandfather who wanted to literally kill my dad. Like, I can't believe he's that bad of a person. Like, what is wrong with her? She's so judgmental and for no reason. Like, literally, that's what she wanted. She wanted Mo to be saved. She was praying for it. She was reading the pages like a prayer into the heavens to please save Mo, please save Mo. And when it happens, she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, Maggie is just the well, worst person on earth. Like, I think, again, as we're coming to the end here, we know here on Throwback Paperback, we hate Divergent. But I don't know, Maggie alone... <laughs> Maggie alone might have put this series into the new worst spot. Like, oh, my no. God. No. No, I, I'm just kidding. I still think Di- Divergent is on a whole nother level. It's like shot <laughs> up out of the sky beat, is awful. Nothing can beat Divergent. No one can beat Divergent. But I will Divergent say, I think like, Maggie's you're my driving least on a highway favorite one character. Day. Maggie's my least favorite character we've ever read. I will accept that. I will accept that. Yeah, but not Divergent the series. Because like, the series as a whole wasn't that. I mean, it was... Honestly, if it wasn't as long, I don't think I would have hated it nearly as much. Because for me, it was more so, like, I didn't like, like, what the characters chose to do and everything. But, like, overall, the story was the longer it got, the more chances for chaos. Yeah. Like, it was more so, it was less, like, having to do with, like, the plot. Like, obviously, like we said, there's a lot of unexplained magic and not everything made sense necessarily. But, like, there was still a clear plot line. Like. Whereas Divergent, like. One day you're driving on the highway and you're like, I'm going to exit and go to McDonald's to get a milkshake and you land up on Pluto. Like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and, you know, we also got what we promised in this book. You know, it was supposed to be about reading characters and like diving into like a book. And like words on a page coming to real life. Whereas Divergent, again, you start in this dystopian world. We arbitrarily divide people by genes and then by like characteristics and then by the end, you're like, just kidding. It was all a science project. Yeah. So Divert is still the worst, but I will say I think Maggie will go down in history as one of my least favorite characters ever of everything, anything I've ever read, anything I've ever watched. <laughs> She's terrible. I will say also, like, I do think that her reading Orpheus in, that's something that really she should get a lot more in tr- a lot more trouble for because... Like, by the time she asks for it, it's already been established that meddling and more meddling with the story is not good. And she's doing it because Fareed wants to bring Dustfinger back. But as much as I wanted Dustfinger to come back, like, that's not what I'm not saying. I didn't want him to come back. But, like, bringing a volatile personality like Orpheus in was a bad choice. Like that was a mistake. <laughs> that was really the worst choice. That is ultimately what almost killed her father was Orpheus. It is what almost kills her father. And so it was just like not great. And she didn't suffer any repercussions for that. And also Maggie had no character growth. If anything, she just got worse. She got more entitled by the end of the story. Like I said, when she had the audacity to judge Jacopo for literally saving her father, because it's the same thing I think we talked about in the last episode or the previous book about how she was, like, judging Mo for, like, being violent, when it's like, you're the one who wanted to come into this story. It is violent. Like, literally all people do is, like, kill each other with swords and, like, pray to die. Like, what, what did you expect? Yeah. 
It's fair. I, I, I'll take your thesis that she's the worst character we've read. Well, it's a turn from previous books where Asia was like, ah, she's a kid. I hate Mo. But here we are. I think that is my final conclusion. Mo, Mo, don't get me wrong. Mo still sucks. But (laughs) the reason Mo sucks so badly, like to where it got where I was really angry, was because of Maggie. Maggie was the ultimate reason for everything that sucked about the story. Well, you hear it here first. So, hashtag death to Maggie. That's the new (laughs) (laughs) hashtag. But ultimately, hashtag justice for Reza because, oh my God, she deserves She's stuck better. as a bird. Poor what a thing. terrible family to have. Sometimes when we record throwback paperback, we do this where we do the, we give ourselves the um, animal emoji faces and Asia's a bird in honor of Reza today. Oh, and you know, I'm, tr- I'm also um, being the death bird because I want to kill Maggie. <laughs> okay. I was taking it into a much more positive light, but I appreciate Whereas that. I was like, oh, yes, I would like to be the bird who comes in and is like, it's time for you to die. Like, they, if anyone should have died, it should have been Maggie. Like, honestly, <laughs> they had a new child. They could have just started over from scratch. Been oh like, this God. one was a failure. So dark. Okay. Okay. I think it's time we move on. I'm glad we're finally moving on. I have no feelings about the book. I, Asia just gave her thoughts. Just tagging on, I don't have any feelings about the book, which probably doesn't sound that great to say that, but I just, I don't care. Well, especially next to me, who I just, you know, I had a lot of feelings. Asia has a lot of rage, (laughs) whereas I'm just like, okay, next one. Or in the immortal words of the sage of our time, the voice of our generation, another one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think with that, we'll wrap it up then. (laughs) Okay, we're finally moving on. So next week, we're going to start covering our next book series. And that series is going to be the Skinjacker Trilogy, which is by Neil Schusterman, which we've covered one book by him, Bruiser. And we'll be starting with the first book, Everlost, chapters 1 through 14. I am very excited, not just because we'll be starting something that is not the terrible ink world, but also because I really enjoyed this series when I read it in middle school. Well, if you read along or you have predictions or theories or questions, or if you want to talk to us about the ink world, maybe we're wrong. Like, write us an essay. Tell us, well, you don't have to write an essay, but tell us why we're wrong. Like, we love hearing from you. And remember that you can stay in touch with us regarding that. We're not wrong, but we'll take feedback, I guess. We're not (laughs) wrong, but we love feedback. You can email us on the Nerd Party website. You just go to nerdparty.com slash contact. You select throwback paperback. That's going to send us an email. You can also get in touch with the network at large on Twitter at join Nerd Party or Instagram at the Nerd Party or Facebook.com slash the Nerd Party. And I'm no longer on Twitter since of the hostile takeover. But if you want to find me, just find me on Instagram at seashells. Okay, well, since there's a hostile takeover on Twitter, I guess I won't say mine either. Not that I've ever even logged in. I'm like, have you ever logged in? No. Okay, then why do we? It's there, you know, but moving on. I am at asia.bonia on Instagram and TikTok if you want to follow me over there. And if you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. 
Yes, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.